Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. I tell you what, man, he's a literal titan across the entire media landscape. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys. Is it a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby? God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Gatz, and this is Stu Potty. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re rate, re review. By doing that, you have made us the number one podcast in the world. We're bigger than Oprah. I mean, how about that? Thank you for doing that. We're presented by DraftKings. We're going to have Pat Connaughton on in just a minute here. Uh, Mikey A is out. He is uh, dealing with some stuff. He's fine, but Mikey A is out. Billy Gill is sitting in. We appreciate Billy uh, sitting in uh, whenever Mikey A is absent from the proceedings. Uh, We're going to have a surprise here for Pat Connaughton, who just won an NBA title uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. What an interesting story. And Connaughton was a big part of those teams. We had Bobby Portis on the show with me and Dan earlier this week. So I'm really looking, and he was great, and I'm really looking forward to speaking with Pat Connaughton. Really what I want to know is if P.J. Tucker has stopped drinking since they won the NBA championship. Uh, That guy was hammered on parade day. He really was. Uh, So Billy Gill is in for Mikey A. And we found out, now this this has been an interesting development here on the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gatz, that someone on our staff has a very close, good relationship with Pat Connaughton of the Milwaukee Bucks. And Connaughton's story is interesting. Connaughton turned down a contract from the Yankees to attend Notre Dame. How many people would do that? (laughs) 
I mean, seriously, he turned down Kish to go to Notre Dame. I mean, unbelievable. And then he turned himself into quite a basketball player who just won an NBA championship uh, less than a week ago with the uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks. But someone on our staff. Uh, revealed to us that they are very, uh, very friendly with Pat Connaughton. In fact, I think that person called him Connie. Uh, how about that? What a great nickname. Uh, so we will reveal that person to you, the audience, and we will surprise Pat Connaughton uh, with a very, very good friend of his. Uh, we will spring that on him during this interview. So uh, without any further ado, let's get right to it. That was a good tease. That was a good setup. We got a surprise for Pat Connaughton. Let's bring him on right now. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold. Miller Lite. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer you're a world-class baseball player and nba champion and you also have a real estate <laughs> fucking company like i'm conditioned to not like you pat Connaughton. you're good at three things okay i'm not good at anything all right hey you know what <laughs> i got a foundation too that helps people who's not good at anything become good at something so i can help you all whenever you need. <laughs> that is well played by you i actually uh i have a friend that i'm going to bring into the zoom right now a friend of yours it's a surprise uh, to you, Pat Connaughton, for winning, oh, NBA, for winning an NBA championship. Uh, we're going to bring her in. Uh, we're going to bring her in right now. Someone I think you know very, very well. So, Billy, bring her in. <laughs> there it is. Oh, hey. Jess, what's good? <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I was thinking about saying, regardless of who it was, I don't know that person. I don't know who that is. <laughs> that would have been really funny. You should have done that. Did that make you happy? Did uh, seeing Jess's face? Does it make you happy? Of course, of course. Nothing's better than seeing Jess's face, uh, except That's for sometimes lie. her sarcastic humor. <laughs> you just won an NBA title, though. Like that, that was better. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad for you guys that you have to put up with her on a somewhat daily basis. But uh, winning the NBA title was <laughs> slightly better than seeing the transfer from Clemson that tries to claim she's a Notre Dame diehard through and through. Okay, okay, okay. Billy, I can't decide what I want more. A great story about Smetty or a great college story about Connaughton from Smetty. I can't decide what I want more, Billy. I feel like they should each do one and then decide which one's better. Smetty, do you have a story of Pat Connaughton that you could share where he (laughs) won't end your friendship? Honestly, I'll try to think of one, but I don't know if I can. Pat was always like very focused on athletics in college. He didn't really do anything too crazy. All right. Uh, Connaughton, do you have a story about Smetty? I call her Smetty, by the way. That will embarrass her in front of our entire audience. (laughs) Um, 
I don't think so. I mean, I know she was a heartbreaker in college, so uh, that was uh, probably not surprising to any of the listeners. But um, one of my best friends was unfortunately a casualty of that. Uh, other than that, that's really all I got. What'd she do to him? Uh, what didn't she do to him is probably a better question. <laughs> How is he now? Did he recover fully? Or? Uh, yeah, he's on the mend. I mean, you know, he, he, uh, started, he worked for a bike company for a while. He was biking around the United States to try to work off a little bit of anger and distress. But, um, aside from that, I think he's back on his feet a little bit and he's a uh, great kid, funny kid, uh, <laughs> one of my good buddies. So, um, you know, we helped him through it. The, the real friends were there for him in the long run. Smeddy, you have nothing to say? <laughs> I actually don't know which friend you're talking about. Wow. I think I, <laughs> there are that many? <laughs> I think I do. Hey, hey. I'll text you on the side, Pat. Hey, you just, I was being nice. You just threw your own self under the damn bus. <laughs> got it, Dan. How much sleep have you gotten since you won an NBA championship? I got a lot last night, if that helps. Today's kind of the day that I've you know tried to get my life back in order. I thought, what better way to do it than to, to come on this podcast? But um i'd say in total let's say it's been six days in normal time i'd probably get right around 10 hours a night so that'd be 60 hours i'd say i'd probably got about 24 okay uh any drinking how much drinking oh jess you want to answer this question i would guess not very much drinking uh yeah no not very much drinking i uh i'm goofy enough as it is i uh i can have enough fun without uh, the alcohol in my system, let's just say. The only okay, Irish so person most- at Notre Dame who doesn't who doesn't hey, drink. It, it, a it's a shock. Like it's the most shocking revelation in the history of stupidity that a man named Patrick Covington yeah. who went to Notre Dame doesn't drink. It's crazy, Pat. Yeah, an Irish guy from Boston who went to Notre Dame. Uh, I'm not sure <laughs> many people know that actually. So that could be breaking news here on stupidity. But uh, who drank the most? I mean, that's got to be somewhat of an obvious answer based off if any of you watched the parade. P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker. That's my guy. It's my guy. I told him, <laughs> hey, look, you drink for both of us. He said, done. <laughs> um, he's a crazy person, right, P.J. Tucker? Yeah, he's one of the best. I mean, he's he likes to have fun. He's a great locker room guy. He's obviously tough as nails on the floor. Um, I can't say enough good things about PJ Tucker. That's my guy. Uh, he knows it. Uh, you know, I'd say the city of Milwaukee knows it, but, um, he definitely enjoys himself and he should, he's an NBA champ. What's Giannis been like since he's won the, uh, since he won the title? Like he's like the, the social, uh, the social media posts have been, have been fantastic. Um, but I, like for me, it's, I have a hard time seeing Giannis like getting hammered. He seems too responsible for that, but he seems to be having fun, you know? Yeah, no, I think uh, my guess is he's gone to Chick-fil-A about six or seven times, probably eating 50 <laughs> McNuggets every single time, 50 mini nuggets, whatever the heck they're called over there. But um, Chicken minis, yeah. Yeah, chicken minis. Uh, but Giannis is one of the best. I think it's cool because the world doesn't necessarily get to see his personality like we do all the time. And him and I have great banter because of the amount of times we've lifted together, worked out together, et cetera. But um it's awesome that the world gets to see his personality a little bit more after, you know, he accomplishes something. I'd say that's probably more or less his version of going crazy. Do you believe that he ate those 50 chicken minis? Because we were talking about this earlier in the week and Jess claims that she could eat a thousand of them at a tailgate. And we told her that's impossible. There's no way you can eat a thousand of those, but do you believe that he just ate 50 by himself all at once? 
Yeah, I actually do. I mean, Giannis is one of those guys that he can eat. And yeah, he's got a frame built for it. We've seen his transformation since his rookie year. I think it's probably pretty reasonable to say he took down 50 minis and maybe a you know vanilla shake or something. Do you believe <laughs> Jess can eat a thousand of them? Because it seems impossible, just mathematically. At a tailgate, Billy. Oh, at a tailgate. Are I'm you, sorry. Are you tailgating for a month, Jess? Well, sometimes, yes. But I, Pat, you've seen me at a tailgate, right? Like I kind of turn into an animal. I feel like I could easily put down a thousand nuggets during a tailgate. A thousand's a lot. I, I mean, I'd like to see it. I mean, if we can get a stupidity podcast where we get to see Jess try to eat as many nuggets as she can in one sitting and then just multiply that by a month, I think that would be a pretty interesting one. Pat, if I make that happen, will you join us and do play-by-play of Smetty eating these uh, the minis? Oh, no doubt. I'll be I'll be back on the show in a heartbeat if that's the case. <laughs> uh, I want to go back to uh, because you had a choice to make between baseball and basketball. And so and you had an offer uh, from the New York Yankees and you passed up that offer to attend Notre Dame. And I'm just like, why? I don't think most people would have made that decision. Why would you make that decision? For me, I kind of looked at it from two different angles. Um, I had a really good relationship with the baseball coach at Notre Dame. He was actually the baseball coach at Boston College, and he offered me a scholarship my freshman year. He was really one of the only baseball coaches to stick with me when I said, hey, I want to give this basketball thing a try. Everyone else kind of looked at me like I had six heads or looked at me like they look at Jess when she says she can eat a thousand you know, chicken minis. <laughs> and so it was just something I felt obligated to if the Yankees wanted me then, um, if I progressed the way I should and I was able to do it on the campus of Notre Dame where obviously both sports are – 17 yards away from each other and the baseball coaches were so great in helping me uh progress and they'd want me three years later and i think i wanted to play high level college basketball and the yankees were willing to think about letting me do the basketball baseball thing but i just thought it would have been harder to pull off than it would have been to play two sports in on one college campus did your family think you were nuts at the time my dad thought i was a little bit nuts my dad was for a minute there saying you know i don't know if I'm a bad parent for or fiscally irresponsible for allowing <laughs> you to make this decision. But he definitely also then made the comment, well, I don't have to pay for college either. So you do what you want to do. I want to go back. Smetty sent me a video of you throwing the first pitch. Uh, Jess, why don't you go ahead and take it from here? Because I responded to Jess saying, there's no way that guy was good at baseball <laughs> at one point. That pitch would have went over Giannis's head, man. Uh, but Smetty was doing sideline for it. So Je- uh, Jess, go ahead, take it from there. Well, you almost drilled your social media coordinator in the head, right? It was a little errant pitch. Although I found out since that that is actually what you were known for as a pitcher. Is that correct? Yeah. So, I mean, our social media girl was a stud. She didn't move an inch. She didn't even flinch. I mean, I got the video footage that didn't really get released of her holding the camera. And the camera doesn't move. The ball goes right by it. Like, had to be six six inches away. Um And she didn't move a muscle, so credit to her. As far as my pitching prowess, yeah, I was known to be what they call wildly effective. Um, I remember, you know, two of my best games ever in college. One of them was at St. John's University. Um, It was a no-hitter through four innings before we got rained out. But there were a few warm-up pitches before innings that hit the backstop and came back to me. The first game against Clemson at the new stadium my junior year before I got drafted, I went eight and a third innings, allowed one run. We won two to one while walking nine guys. So I just 
I had to find my way out of some jams. I was not the most accurate of pitchers until I got to, you know, that summer of professional baseball where um, they kind of taught me uh, the rhythm of it. And, and um, I was able to, you know, focus on it for, a, you know, a month, month and a half span. But uh, that pitch was very much a description of how my pitching career has gone. And I've taken flack for that pitch to this day. And I'm sure uh, I was talking to Christian Yelich Yelly the other day, and he said that um, now that we won the championship, he'd try to set up a redemption first pitch tour at some point. Was it before or after that pitch? Did the Orioles offer you 400000 plus on a minor league contract? <laughs> it was before. It was before. It was before. And, and if we're being honest, uh, I actually pitched really well for the Aberdeen Ironbirds, their minor league team that summer. Um, right. after that contract, I'm pretty sure they threw me on a restricted list and said, yeah, just stick with the basketball thing for now. We'll, we'll report back here in a few years. <laughs> what do you imagine you would have been like as a major league pitcher? Like, what do you imagine you could have been? Uh, I think I could have been pretty good. I mean, you know, baseball was something I did a lot because I was good. I never really had put a lot of time, energy and effort into it until I got to college, until I you know, played pro for that, uh, you know, month and a half in the summer. Uh, I could throw hard. I had a lot, a lot of movement on my fastball, which, uh, everyone in, you know, the Orioles organization was a huge fan of, which I guess not many people knew prior to, I don't even think I knew. And, uh, you know, my second best pitch was a changeup. And I grew up in Boston watching Pedro Martinez work with a fastball changeup his entire career. Uh, I'm not saying I would be Pedro Martinez, but, uh, you know, I think I had, you know, a pretty high ceiling in baseball, a much higher one than I did in basketball. How cool would it be, though, if you and Trey Mancini were both on the Orioles right now kicking ass? Oh, it'd be awesome. Trey's, Trey's my guy. I was just pumped that he was able to, uh, you know, compete in the home run derby. I was excited that he brought our old uh, college coach who still coached at Notre Dame, Chuck Rostano, to pitch for him. I thought that was a really cool moment. But there's no way, like anything you would achieved in baseball would not compare to what you just achieved in basketball, right? Like you made the right decision, Pat. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I appreciate that. I think, you know, the combination of, uh, you know, choosing the sport, no one thought I should choose, doing it because I believed in myself, my inner circle kind of believed in me, and then going through the path that I did, didn't play much my first year, kind of buckled down, looked myself in the mirror and said, you know, I got to get better as a, I got to be an NBA shooting guard. You know, I was able to get away with being a small forward in college, but I had to work a little bit on my athleticism. I had to work on my ball handling, my shooting, playmaking, consistency. And I think for me, uh, that was the most gratifying part about getting to this point where, you know, I was a, you know, 30 minute a night rotational big piece of an NBA championship winning team. Did you guys ever doubt along the way? It was a crazy ride, man. You had the, you know, the series against the Nets. Did you guys doubt at all? You know, I don't think we ever, any of us ever doubted, but I think the biggest difference that I saw in this team compared to our teams in years past, you know, my first two years here, we had the best record in the NBA during the regular season. Uh, there was one year we were on pace to win 70 games. The other year we won 60 some games. And I think, um, you know, we went 10 and one in our first 11 playoff games, getting to the Eastern conference finals, but we never faced a lot of adversity. And I think the biggest difference that I saw from this group this year was how we handled adversity when it did hit in years past, adversity hit in the East Coast final versus the Raptors. We lost four straight adversity hit against Miami in the second round. You know, we lost that series four to one. And I think this year when adversity hit, whether it was being down two out of the Brooklyn Nets, who a lot of people had as, you know, championship favorites, whether it be losing the first game to Atlanta or going down out two in the you know finals, uh, we came together more when adversity hit. Uh, no one tried to do it individually. We tried to do it collectively. We tried to, uh, you know, that's what a championship team does.
I asked your teammate Bobby Portis this, and I'm going to ask you. When Giannis, after winning the title, when he's talking about staying together and doing it uh, you know, for the team that you were drafted by in a city that you were drafted to, uh, I felt like he was speaking directly to Kevin Durant. Do you? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if we're being completely honest, I think he could have been speaking to a lot of people uh, with the way that the NBA is now. I saw uh, someone sent me something the other day about uh, – James Harden going off on how it doesn't take any skill to do what Giannis does. And then Giannis saying, well, I, you know, staying in where I am and, and doing it with the team I get drafted by, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I'm sure there were a few people he was talking to on that, but um, it is true. I mean, in today's NBA, I'd, I'd even double down and say, look at what he did when he got hurt. You know, he right. got hurt for those two games in East Conference Finals. He was still present. He was on the bench. He was up and cheering. He was pulling guys aside individually. He was pulling, he was addressing the team collectively before games. Like, he was being a leader as an MVP, two-time MVP, finals MVP, champion. There's not a lot of superstars in today's NBA that do that. Um, you know, you see guys in boxes. You see guys away from the team as they're trying to get healthy. Giannis, you know, uh, rocks the beat of his own drum set. What was more important to your guys' success? Because we were talking about this while you guys were making your run. Was it the addition of Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton really stepping up and becoming just an amazing – he was already good. Became a great player during this postseason run. Well, that's a great question. You know, I think I'm going to say Drew, but the reason I'm going to say Drew is because I think Chris Middleton just hadn't gotten enough credit for what he does on a nightly basis. I don't think the world had seen it. Everyone knew he was a good player. Everyone knew he was an all-star last year. I thought he should have been an all-star this year with the condensed season. And I guess he got off to a kind of rough start uh, from what I heard, but you know, Chris Middleton, that's what he does. He's a great secondary player to Giannis. He's been that for the three years that I've been here and for a much longer amount of time. It's just now the world was able to see it on the biggest stage. But I think the addition of Drew and what he brings to the table offensively and defensively, you know, I think his defense is really underrated. I think uh, his control on the offensive end is really underrated. He's not just a guy that's going to score you, 20, 25, 30 points a game, but he's going to make the right plays, going to make plays for other guys. And then he's a huge locker room guy. You know, he's one of the best teammates that I've had and the things he does uh, off the court are as impressive as the things he does on the court. So I surprised you here on the Zoom with Jess, and I'm thinking next time, not this time, because I know you got to run, but next time we have you on, and there will be a next time, uh, you surprise me with Giannis. I, we can make that happen, right? <laughs> we can do that. Wait, so, wait, so are, you telling me, are you telling me Jess – Jess and Giannis are of equal surprise stature. Are you, t- are you putting Jess in that category of a two-time? Are you, are you saying we're not, <laughs> Pat? I don't know. I mean, I think I'm pretty important. Clearly, you are surprised. Listen, if you don't want Jess, I can get you a Golic. <laughs> is that where you a Golic? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, Golic might have a prettier face. Um, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. All right, we'll let you out of here, Pat. On that note, uh, congratulations to you, man. Uh, What a great run. What a great time uh, in your life. So congratulations on all your success, man. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you for having me on. Jess, great seeing you. And uh, I'll be back for that 1,000-count chicken minis here at some Mm. point. I'm going to hit you with a side text, Pat. We need to follow up about this conversation, I think. Yeah, yeah. But when you come back, make sure you bring Giannis. Giannis wants to witness that, okay? Yeah, 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 true, true. I'll bring Giannis for that. If you can guarantee that's going to happen, I'll bring Giannis for that. Listen, I can guarantee it's going to happen. I can guarantee a goal. That's that's about it. That's all I can give you, okay? And maybe Kyle Rudolph, and that's about it, all right? All right. We like those people. Okay. Uh, Pat, congratulations, man. Thank you for doing this. Thanks. No problem. See ya. Oh, my gosh. 
Folks, gather around. Everyone gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. A lot of fun there with Pat Connaughton. We appreciate him coming on, and we can't wait until his next appearance when I bring on a Golik and he brings on Giannis. <laughs> how about that? And how about Smeddy? I mean, you got to love Smeddy, a heartbreaker at Notre Dame and friends with Pat Connaughton. You got to love it. I mean, she is the absolute best. Sugats! Supanity! Thanks again to uh, to Pat Connaughton, who has uh, who has now has one more ring than the great Chris Paul. Stupidity, stupidity. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't: the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen. For me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lights. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit Miller Lite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. 